Uh, <laughs> this it's okay. That's that's awesome. <laughs> okay. Uh, welcome to the club. Uh, what club? The most nostalgious video game is club on this side of the video game internet. Uh, I'm joined once again by uh, my very sexy co-host Von Hyde. I'm gonna be honest, that threw me off so fucking hard when you started off like that. I was like, what is happening right now? (laughs) Oh yeah, see, that's what I call a uh, awful segue into (laughs) it into a show. (laughs) Because, well, I guess we'll look, we'll we'll listen back to it. But yeah, I just kind of went from like a laughter to good. (laughs) Yeah. stumbling into podcasts is the the best way to go it's kind of like if you're gonna roll down like if you're falling down a mountain you might as well go with it you might as well get in the rolls you're like yeah i'm gonna make this a party i might die but by the end of it i'm gonna have had fun so dude you just gotta start into it like when i record so i uh i did a interview with uh joe redifer uh two episodes ago and i did not know how to start the show so i just started randomly recording and it, it worked out pretty well. Uh, that was a really fun. Just ending. like midway through a but, sentence, um, he's like, "Yeah, I totally." And then you just caught him right when he's like, "I went to the bathroom." Um, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "Why would you do that?" I, that was. Yeah, he was. He was a really cool guest. But that that was the show where I now have a new intro, and it's uh, "Welcome to the Club." What club? The most nostalgious, which is not a word. Every time I type that into like metadata. It comes back with like that's not a fucking. That's okay. Word, you idiot. just made like, a I word. Know. That's called branding, dude. Yeah. Nostalgiest. Now, You're like fine. when this <laughs> show right, cool. inevitably well, takes off, there's gonna have like <clears throat> nostalgiest yeah. in Webster's dictionary or whatever it is, like Miriam Webster's dictionary. It's gonna have your face. Feel good about that. You should feel fantastic. Well, do you, well you do realize though, it's collateral damage because if I create anything, you are indirectly. See, that's tied fine. To I'm fine with riding coattails. Yeah, that's totally cool. Yeah, I don't That's care. Fine. Like, okay. if I, it, I mean, I guess actually I shouldn't say that because if something goes terribly, I'm, yeah, not That's looking true. forward to that. Dude, I could, I could just be anti baby. And I don't mean anti abortion. Just, just mean babies anti, in general. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just can't have anything to yeah, do with like, babies. I see well, a baby well. in the grocery store, <laughs> boom, punch it. Like, that's, that's how anti baby yeah, I Punch the baby. So, uh, I'm, I'm super glad to be podcasting with you again. Um, it has, I talk like it's been a while, but really if there was any sort of break, it was just because, uh, instead of recording on industry, which is just the SEO nightmare, <laughs> we're just going to record on here and just kind of continue. So basically we kind of missed a week. Okay. Two, yeah. I mean, I'm so. cool with it. I don't know what's happening, but I'm excited to, to go along for the journey. This yeah. will be sweet for everyone. For everyone uh, tuning in, um, LR Talks Games is now weekly. Uh, Mr. Von Hyde is going to be joining me bi-weekly, or as his schedule permits, uh, for 30 minutes every other week to talk about video games. And today, we're talking about two things. Game Awards drama and Cyberpunk 2077 drama, if we have time. Right? So, um, but before we do any of that, uh, <laughs> we are, uh, this is episode 18 of the show. Uh, so still kind of a baby baby podcast oh my god 18 episodes indie pod is at like 14 honestly it's like so it's kind of weird once you notice how many episodes you are in and how long that actually takes like if you look at a podcast and you're like wow this is like a thousand episodes or this has like 200 episodes it doesn't really sink in that that's like four years of a podcast like, what the <laughs> hell shit. like indie pod we're at we're at 113 this this week is our 113th episode and because yeah. of that like if you look back we're over two years we're like two and a half years into indie pod pretty much yeah it's yeah, yeah. it's absurd and that, now you can do a video copy yep. too yeah now awesome. now we do um so i've been doing some demo impressions for indie pod just in general i did a couple i did one for unto the end actually what we were talking about before this um and i did one for yeah. um shoot i can't even remember what it's called honestly and i backed it on Kickstarter. that should be the name of the video game shoot yeah I can't exactly um but i i've done a couple like demo impressions and then i also am doing like i'm gonna do a video review for unto the end and we actually do the podcast on video now as well so it's 
it's kind of interesting. Honestly, wow. I didn't know though before, like doing video editing before I was like, okay, it's not going to be too bad. And then exporting a podcast in premiere, um, it's just, it's so, it takes so long. It's, I'm not even joking. It tells me it's going to take, like, oh, yeah. it's like, it's going to be an hour. And I'm like, cool. I wait an hour, come back. It's like, it'll, it'll be an hour. And I'm like, what do you mean? It'll be an hour. <laughs> and it's a gigantic file yeah. size too. It's no, it's, it's absurd. humongous. Yeah. So, so you got, so you're going from IndiePod, which seems to have leveled up, which is, which is really yeah, we're. Cool. You guys have taken it to we're Gen moving 3, up in the world. We're trying to to make some moves. We launched a Patreon. We have a Discord. Like we're doing stuff. This is going well. Got your My Hero Academia watch along podcast. Yeah. Hey, I got I got a thing I wanted to talk to you about. This is anime related, so tune out if you need <laughs> to tune out. But uh, me and my wife started watching tokyo ghoul <laughs> i saw you i saw you tweet about this earlier <laughs> today how you, you were basically awesome. like why didn't anyone tell me that tokyo ghoul is awesome give it a little bit no just give it a little bit what do you mean give how, it a how little far bit? are you what into you tokyo ghoul let me just say that uh his hair turned white and i'm like dude yeah what? just just wait until the moment like when you get to like tokyo ghoul re where you're like this is kind of cool but also what the fuck is happening like it's it's cool oh it's yeah it's hugs? cool but you, they're like it gets to a point where you're like what is happening right now i honestly i got to a point where i was like i don't oh, understand no. this story in the slightest that's where I was at with Attack on Titan yesterday. Yeah, I saw you uh, tweet but, out. But I, I, I yeah. caught up. I saw I you tweet up. that out, and I was like, it's, oh, I'm you're st- trying to find, like, a recap so that you can watch the final season? I am I kind of get it now. It's just literally 1930s Nazi Germany, but okay. Yeah, essentially, um, for, the, for the most part. Yeah. But it's kind of weird because it's also, like, the titans are descendants of a bear people who bear titan blood are basically descendants of this person who possibly made a deal with the devil like it's it's a whole thing yeah it's here's my thing here's what i don't like about it um it shifts tone and characters and also does a time jump without telling you very explicitly it's really jarring dude like it goes from like three chunky seasons of like titan wall warfare and everything that comes with that and then the last quarter of it is essentially like kind of new protagonists, uh, a completely new focus tone. It's not apocalyptic anymore. It's more war now. Everything changes 75% of the way through. And uh, generally in like any sort of fiction, that's a bad move. Yeah, it so, should be said that the anime know. is actually much different than the manga. They they do quite a yeah. bit different in the in the manga than they do in the anime, and I believe the manga is still actually going, whereas the anime is ending currently, which is a little bit weird. And it's I I, yeah. I obviously haven't seen the final season because it just started airing. I think it's like two episodes in now, so I guess we'll see yeah. what happens. I uh, last thing on anime talk, I guess I just finished the season of demon slayer that is currently out haven't obviously watched the movie because it hasn't come to the united states yet but i watched all of demon slayer and now i'm just like screw it i'm just gonna read the manga i just i don't want to wait for a movie i'm just reading the manga on viz media well did you so i'm guessing because of that you you enjoyed it yeah i love it i think it's great I, I love the the mix of like weird humor between like all of these different characters. I love how cute Nezuko is when she looks like a baby. Like it's super funny to me. I the this mm-hmm. the actual action scenes are beautiful. Like there's there's so much to love about it. Um, honestly, the, the only yeah. thing that's I guess I I like the kind of goofy aesthetic that the manga has. But um, one of the main draws to Demon Slayer is actually the amazing visuals in the anime. And it's much different in the manga. It's yes. a completely different art style. So the, the patterns that I'm noticing aesthetically in Demon Slayer that uh, have kind of... While Demon Slayer is beautiful, uh, it, it, it does this thing where the lines are really thick and kind of comic booky, And we used to see that in Attack on Titan. Although I don't really know what's happening, it's it sort of seems to me that Attack on Titan 
is going from like super high quality to just like less quality as as we go on. You'll notice the fourth season. Uh, I gotta find a way to shift this conversation back to video <laughs> games, which I will do. Just but, speaking of letdown, <laughs> let's talk um, about uh, this. Joke. Speaking of the Attack on Time games, uh, no, those were not. They were they weren't super great. I I used to have such a like. Uh, what, what word do I want to use here? Hate boner. I'm go with lust. <laughs> <laughs> Close. I, I had such a. I used to have such a, a desire for like a good Attack on Titan game, and then the two Attack on Titan games came out, and I was like, "This really? sucks." I don't know. I don't I've know heard, what happened. I mean, yeah, I I, happened. they came out when I worked at GameStop, and I had a lot of people who said they really enjoyed them. I mean, they're not like. You yeah, GameStop. I worked at GameStop for like three years. What? Why is that? Why is I'm not saying why, why did you work there? You don't know that? All I'm saying is, <laughs> no, no. Well, I'm gonna learn more about you as the years True. go on. But I am always curious why people work at GameStop for three years, never any, never less. <laughs> it's always three years to like fifty years. It's never like yeah, I was at GameStop for a semester. People that work at GameStop yeah. stay there. I mean, or they did. I would have stayed anyway. at GameStop for a lot longer, but I essentially pissed off my district manager to the point where he refused to promote me so i left yeah oh i yeah, that's good on you. i ended that's up basically you. like in a sense so okay short story real quick i had a manager he was a piece of shit he got hired and nobody understood how he got hired in this position but when i went oh. to the other managers because i was going to report him they told me not to go to my district manager because they thought they were friends that they had to be colluding or something. So they were like, just goes yeah. directly to corporate and shit will get sorted out. Like a month later, after I went to corporate, he ends up like this manager ends up getting fired. And my district manager asks me why I didn't go to him. And I was like, because I was told not to, I was like, because they, I, talked to some other people and they told me not to they thought like it was possible that you guys were friends like i just rolled it out for him i didn't lie or anything and um he was like no he just interviewed really well we weren't buddies or anything like it wasn't that and i was like no i totally get it like i'm not blaming you that he got this job or anything but then what really pissed him off was he was like who told you not to talk to me and i was like i'm not gonna tell you that i was like that's I'm not going to rat on them. That's just the dumbest shit. Yeah. So yeah, he ended up basically it's... blackballing me and wouldn't allow me to move up in the company. So I just left. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think if you're up against a rock and a hard place like that, it's, it's time yeah. to go. Yeah, for sure. Did I ever tell you the story of, um, since we're sharing work stories, I have a really funny one for you. And ironically, you said your story was a short one, and it wasn't short. <laughs> but this one's going to be very short. So, here it is. One time, I was working at Sears. And it's video game related because um, I was like 17, and I was a uh, dishwasher. <laughs> oh, I honestly thought you were going to stop like, there and say you were a dishwasher. I was like, at <laughs> Sears. Well, okay, so that would have been a... Okay, think about how legendary that story would be. Yeah, I was at Sears and I was a yeah, dishwasher. Yeah, you'd be like, wait, what does that mean? What? There's so much. There's so much veiled. That, so no, much I was, I was more a dishwasher to this story salesman. that I don't understand. <laughs> I was a dishwasher salesman at a Sears. Um, it was a standalone store, okay? Which means that this was a store you would walk in, and it was a really pretty arrangement of like appliances, and then, but it wasn't the big Sears that you would see at like a mall or something. Anyway. I worked there and I played so much Tetris on the store computer that I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> I got fired so hard. I'll never forget. My manager, she like called me into the back office. I opened the door and she's like, she has her arms crossed and she's like, <laughs> you've been playing too much Tetris. I have to let you go. And I was like, what? I was shocked. I was appalled. I anyway. Mean you definitely have to, one of the greatest well, reasons to ever get fired is to just be playing too much yeah. tetris like i might not i might not love the game like everyone else does but damn i would definitely like i would sport that in job interviews i'd be like you know what if it's a game related job of course because if you're going to like sears again you don't want to say this but if it's a game related job you're like yeah. i've lost job opportunities because <laughs> of how much i love video games <laughs> 
Yeah, I should have said that at my re- at my interview at People Fun. That would have been fucking awesome. Here's the here's the thing though, the story's not over because <laughs> So yes, I got fired for playing Tetris because it it got to the point where like customers would walk in and I would look at them and just kind of go back to playing Tetris. So you're basically just saying you just, deserved it. Like initially when we started it. out the conversation, I thought you were basically saying that like, oh, I got fired for a stupid reason. Like, nah, dude, you deserved it. <laughs> A legendary, and uh, also, it, oh, I don't know if this changes anything, but it was uh, it was Tetris on Facebook. <laughs> it was the built-in Facebook game Tetris, not because there's so many versions of Tetris. Anyway, uh, so it wasn't even like a good version <laughs> of Tetris, is what I'm trying to say. Anyway, I got fired. I went home, um, and then the next day, I had a brilliant idea. I thought I'm going to go down to another Sears and apply to work there. What's the worst that could happen? Anyway, long story short, apparently the, St- the Sears, they just don't communicate with each other. I started working at the other Sears. I worked there for a year. I never got caught. Oh, just the other manager was just so much more of an eagle eye. This manager was like, I don't give a shit if his boy plays Tetris. It's fine. I don't think I played Tetris there I because it was a stand-up job. There was like nowhere to sit down, so you couldn't really. And the, key, and the registers were so old. But the point of the story is... You can get fired at one Sears, drive down to another Sears, and work there instead. I told myself, if I got fired at the, the Sears that I worked at after, I was just going to go down to another <laughs> fucking Sears. I was going to be a Sears boy for the you rest actually, of my life. Nothing you, could stop uh, like, me. You don't think about it. You go back to the first Sears, and they're like, really? Are you serious right now? You're trying to get a job here, motherfucker? You're just like, I don't know what you're talking about. And, and I feel like... Maybe I ripped Sears off. And you know you know who else oh, feels ripped off? Um, anybody that bought Cyberpunk 2077. On a console? Yeah. Last week. On a console. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about that for, for, for a little bit. Because I, as, uh, as some people that listen to this show, know that I used to do a show called Neon Talk. Where essentially I would sort of hype, get hype, and talk about things uh cyberpunk 2077 related and as we know uh it's gotten kind of bad um <laughs> I, I don't know what your thoughts are on it i don't know if you have the game actually i don't think so, we talked about this yet you no i don't Mm-mm. i i kind of like my my excitement for cyberpunk started to dwindle a little bit like i i kind of just was like okay i'll play it when it eventually goes on sale like i didn't have any specific reason why i wasn't boycotting it like you did like i'm actually kind of excited to hear why you're you're kind of like boycotting this game but i kind of was just not all that excited for cyberpunk and now that it's out looking at all these weird ass bugs that are happening on consoles like i would be playing it on my like two thousand dollar pc so i'd be fine like it wouldn't my to quote my friend uh chase he tweeted the other day like he was like i mean i'm playing cyberpunk on my two thousand dollar pc and it runs fine i don't know what the what all the fuss is about and i'm like yeah that's because the console is potato mode it's legitimately hilarious <laughs> yeah like seeing all the bugs that Here's are coming why. out it honestly like it makes me want to buy the game just to see how fucked up it is that's which is so it's the bethesda effect right because whenever um so whenever skyrim came out i played skyrim on the ps3 which is probably only second worst <laughs> Yeah, it was it was unbelievably broken. The game got slower as the save file got bigger. It was a mess. But that's how I played Skyrim from start to finish. So the reason that I'm boycotting the game isn't really because there's bugs, because there's glitches. Like I understand a game coming out with bugs and glitches. Patch yourself, homie. That's fine. <laughs> Here's the reason. That's not it's not a big deal. I like the Is reason that I am no, really? it's not even a press release. Uh, I think no, it's the decision that whenever I saw the review for for the game, um, th- we weren't able to see footage from the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One versions, which I thought was pretty well, sus. Well, to be fair, also, they asked them not even to record on PC. They When they originally gave it to reviewers, um, they asked them to just use B-roll like and, and stuff like that, or... Or like right. stock footage from trailers and stuff like that. They wouldn't allow them to capture anything. That's why most outlets put out a yeah. second review 
once the game actually like came out and they could do that and then it was just like hilarious yeah. bugginess i think we all knew that to some extent 2077 was going to come out on kind of a broken version uh on ps4 and xbox yeah. but the fact that i feel that cd project red tried to purposefully hide the fact that it was that as broken as it was kind of goes back to a big overall sort of gripe i have with the video game industry and it's sort of lack of um regulation in many ways and i think it all starts with um probably killzone 2 um the vertical you, you, you probably remember yeah. the cg trailer that they that was you know presumed and passed off as gameplay which it wasn't and then it only got worse whenever um, a, a big proponent of this issue is companies like Ubisoft that uh, like Rainbow Six Vegas, not Vegas, I'm sorry, Rainbow Six Siege, Watch Dogs, putting out just sort of like not really representative of final quality footage. And I feel like Cyberpunk is kind of the big nail on the head for me because um, as somebody that doesn't have a next generation console yet, the fact that I couldn't like God help them if for God help anybody that basically pre-ordered the game on PS4 and Xbox and didn't really know what they were getting into. Like that's that's really that's really terrible to do to to your to your consumers. Like like let's say I was really high for it and I pre-ordered the game on PlayStation Network and midnight or the next morning uh, on launch day I play it and I get the buggy mess, the hilarious buggy mess that it is. Like I would kind of that would be so yeah. awful. And yeah, it would be. It's kind of hard to come back yeah. from that, man. I, it, it, I mean, the crazy out. thing oh. is, like, you were like somebody who doesn't have a next generation console. Even if like a game that is toted to be this like kind of like I don't want to say a next gen masterpiece, but before it was coming out, basically CD Projekt Red was like, "This is going to be a game among games." It's it's they kind of like hyped right. it up, which I'm not blaming them for. It totally makes sense. Everyone hypes up their game before it comes out, but. Even seeing the disparity in visuals, like, sure, it might not be this broken, buggy mess on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S, but seeing the, the disparity, just like massive gap in graphical fidelity between next gen consoles or like technically current gen consoles now and PC is so excessive. I mean, obviously, PCs are just more powerful, it's a thing, but I mean, these consoles are also, they were like, yeah, you aren't going to build a PC stronger than this console. And then, I mean, NVIDIA, like, five seconds later, put out a new graphics card. But, yeah, it's just, yeah. it's kind of depressing in general. And then, like, the reason I brought up the press release was because afterwards they were just like, yeah, we kind of knew it was broken, but we had record high pre-orders that we needed to kind of hit. So, uh, we yeah. put it out. <laughs> and seeing the visuals like not even the bugs there was literally a screenshot today that i saw that i was like this looks like tomb raider on the original playstation like the character model i was like he's just polygons yeah. like what is happening <laughs> absolutely like um i saw earlier today that uh what is it called open critic put out a disclaimer on their uh, sort of like open source review of Cyberpunk 27, it said, please note this game has significant disparities in performance, player experience, and review scores between the PC, next-gen consoles, Xbox One, and PS4 version. The open critic team and several critics suspect that the developer, CD Projekt Red, intentionally sought to hide the true state of the game on Xbox One and PS4 with requirements such as only allowing pre-rendered game footage and reviews and not issuing review copies for PS4 and Xbox One footage uh, versions, which is presumably what what the story is, right? I mean, that's pretty much what happened. Unfortunately, is that they kind of and feel free to I'm obviously free for, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong here, but it did seem like they knew that the game had shipped in such a horrible state, and they still let it go, despite having, as you say, in the press release uh, content, a record number of pre-order sales. That doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, I I can't say that I that that I disagree in any way. Like I, it hasn't necessarily. I feel like I'm almost desensitized to the way that like 
consumers are treated in the video mm. game industry because it's kind of like at this point it's kind of a what did you expect like you'd be treated like a king kind of a thing like you're just you kind of get treated like shit if you play video games by i mean a lot of developers make amazing video games they appreciate everything you do but then there's also these i guess small instances similar to like cyberpunk where you're kind of taken advantage of as a consumer like if you and then they kind of like seemingly blame you for it they're just like there was a reasonable expectation that on playstation 4 and xbox one it would be like much worse than these new consoles or a pc and you're like yes but also it shouldn't be this bad like it it shouldn't look like a playstation game like it shouldn't i mean a playstation one game like it it shouldn't have bugs that cause like cars to launch all the way across the map and shit like that like seeing these bugs it's honestly hilarious it's the funniest shit i've ever seen from the outside of a situation like if i bought this game like i feel bad for the kids who are gonna get this game on their playstation 4s and xbox ones on christmas day and open it up and it's just fucking broken i like i'm so sorry that that happened to you but it's also kind of funny (laughs) yeah my friend said that um between the ps4 and the xbox versions that accounts for something along the lines of what 40 to 45 percent of the player base i wouldn't be surprised and yeah it's just it's just i don't know man like i'm just well i guess the first thing i want to touch on is you said that the consumer gets taken advantage of a lot and i think that as far as entertainment goes it would it kind of depends on the entertainment property like one thing i know for sure is that video game consumers are taken advantage of a lot because we really have yet to speak with our wallets on on a lot of really important matters right like i think the last time we did we kind of came together and said to Battlefront 2 and to EA that, no, enough's enough. Like, your practices are gambling uh, on, on the most vile degree, and we're not really going to mess with that, right? But for the most part, uh, whenever a game comes out, if it reviews well, but it's sort of falsely advertised, we still buy it in droves. Right? Yeah, yeah, because you're like, it's a and- good game. Like, we we often <clears throat> don't kind of, like, stand on principle Because, I mean, gaming is escapism. That's kind of like its entire idea. And I think gamers are just there. I mean, I I understand that people don't like that term, but just people who play video games and use it as an outlet for a lot of their frustrations and everything. Like they're kind of just on the brink constantly just looking for that next fix to get them to keep them going kind of a thing. Like, at least I know that at times that's how I felt. So I I kind of understand why people are like, I don't like I'm not going to boycott something because they like falsely advertised it to me. I'm just looking for fun. Like even if they were being dicks about it, like as long as the game is good, I don't care. I I understand the mindset. Um, But yeah, there are a few people who are more like in they think of it in more like altruistic take similar to you where they're just like, nah, this is fucked up. Like. And I'm done. Sadly, those people are in the minority. Like, it's... I'm actually kind of interested to see... I mean, I think the biggest... the I I guess the biggest test of people's metal is actually going to be when this new, like, Hogwarts game comes out. How people really, like... If they really speak with their wallets. Because people are in a fervor about jk rowling and her possibly like transphobic statements like however you feel about that um and they don't want anything to do with it whether she is or isn't involved it's her ip so of course she's like at least somewhat involved she has to be involved at some point like i i think that's going to be the biggest test right now because like battlefront it was kind of based in i i want to say like I I kind of think it was less about morality and more about people feeling cheated because like others in the game were performing better because they paid like it was kind of a pay to win scenario like they felt cheated. This will be the true test of morality like because the the whole like trans statements and everything this is all just based on your personal morality. The the game itself might be great it might not have anything to do with her transphobic statements or jk rowling but depending on how you feel about her 
this is the one true time where people are like, I'm going to speak with my wallet. And this is completely just based on my thoughts of a creator instead of like them fucking them over kind of a deal. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think that Hogwarts or whatever the game is called, it's going to be a pretty major (laughs) test of. Yeah, I'm obviously not going to play it, but yes, you're right. Um, The EA thing, as you say, is more of a, is more of gamers outcrying mainly because they feel like their dollar amount didn't match other people's dollar amount, which is totally a fair issue. The other one that I think that, you know, if gamers were tested on morality as far as game purchases, we have we already failed on one because we bought Assassin's Creed Valhalla and a lot of Ubisoft products. Uh, you know, Ubisoft makes money hand over fist, but I think if I if I'm not mistaken, like to this day, like Ubisoft still hasn't really come forward with an you know a formal apology or anything on the allegations of sexual abuse that are rampant in the company and you know it's just maybe i don't i don't want to say that it's not as serious as the hogwarts one but if if there was a test as far as like you know maybe speaking out against sexual violence we've already failed one test so hopefully hogwarts one goes a little bit better but i think that even as far as because i think the only other game that i boycotted this year was Super Mario All-Stars because all of a sudden in 2020 during a pandemic, uh, Nintendo decided that it would be a really good idea to regulate how much fun people have with the with nostalgia. Yeah, with the timed exclusive scenario, like of a lot of their games that are coming out. Yeah, and, and at, at a certain point, like that's probably the most egregious one for me this year because even the Cyber, Cyberpunk 2077 thing, you know, you can kind of come to the conclusion that maybe you know it, i well no 100 percent. it is upper management so you know you don't really have too many people to fault for that as far as like on the ground floor but a lot of people had to come to the to the decision that all stars was going to be cut off at the heel at a certain point and that if i wanted to buy it i'm not gonna be able to buy it um and also that one yeah Long story short, that one just didn't really sit right with me. And so I guess looping back around to Cyberpunk 2077, this is it's a good opportunity to speak with our wallets. And I don't think we will because this game is hyped to hell. But I think the problem with the game already is its identity. Much like games like Street Fighter V that launch really terribly, No Man's Sky, Anthem, there is a stink already on Cyberpunk 2077 and how it launched. And the memes are a flooding, as you probably know. And it's just really hard to come back from that. And I don't really want, I don't really want CD Projekt Red to kind of get a get out of jail free card. You know what I mean? Like I kind of want them to. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to be super mean about it, but a lesson should be learned here. I think for false advertising. Yeah, I mean, I I understand what you're saying. Like you kind of like. I mean, it it sounds bad when you think of it in a certain way, but you kind of, like, want them to pay for what they did instead of just getting away with it. <laughs> I Like I said, I know that sounds bad. Um, Batman. Yeah, you want justice. But I, yeah. I totally understand it, and I don't think that's a bad thing to ask for. I, I totally get it. Like, there are a lot of people who got fucked over by this i mean the most intriguing thing for me in this scenario is to see how they kind of like how they eventually pull this back if this will be a comeback story if they basically just abandon this on like what last gen platforms kind of a thing like i'm i'm so excited to see what they do about this and if they end up fixing it or to what degree they do because you brought up like no man's sky it's got a stain on its record even though it's absolutely amazing and they have fixed it beyond what they promised like they've they've really like gone out of their way to make up for their mistake so i'm excited to see what cd project red does in this situation but i mean time will tell it's it's gonna be something that we have to wait to see. I don't think all of these bugs will be fixed overnight, if they even are. Like this is gonna take probably a year, I would assume, considering just the massive wealth of bugs that are just across this game. Like my uh, my co-host of Go Beyond posted a picture on Twitter, and he's playing this. I believe he's playing it on his PlayStation Four, but he might be on his PS Five. I'm not a hundred percent certain, but there was. 
basically like one character got stuck between the car and like he was in a cutscene. One character got stuck between the uh-huh. car and like the door. So he was just suspended in midair. And the person who is supposed to be talking was just like laying on the ground, but talking and they weren't supposed to be, they were supposed to be sitting in the seat. And it was just so weird. And he's like, what the fuck? What is happening in this game? Like yeah. it, it's, it's, it's so interesting. <laughs> like it's, I mean, people say the Bethesda effect. I think this is much more broken than any, like, Elder Scrolls or Fallout game ever has been. This is, like, they're they're broken, but I've never had a point where I'm like, I can't play this game anymore because it's so broken with any of Bethesda's products. But this, I would probably, like, if I got this Christmas Day, I freaking open it. I'm, like, 12 years old yeah. or whatever. I play and some asshole is, like, vertical. I'd be like, what? No. Not gonna have it. Here, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now what their, what their get-out-of-jail-free card is. And it's unprecedented because, as far as I can tell, no major video game studio has done with, with a has done this sort of thing with a recently launched huge AAA game. But I think because this is pretty egregious, there's a lot of backlash that's going towards CD Projekt Red for this. I think they should make the game free. Really? <laughs> I think it's as yeah, I think at a certain point they should say the game is free for a fucking week because it has already been proven that it, that they have made back all of their development costs and a substantial profit on pre-orders alone. So, I I don't know. I think that would I think that would win back a lot of public favor because they're going to need that going into the future of their you know development studio if they want if they want uh, good public opinion whenever they release The Witcher Four or something like that. They don't want to go into it like where Bioware is right now with just on a slew of just like public distress yeah yeah i get it i mean i honestly i think what they're gonna do is they're not going to make it free like really the people they need to win over it's not us it's not like the people who make podcasts it's not the the like games journalists it's the the gamers the people who casually play games that love video games and just got a new one that aren't like it's basically what I would say, like we are the minority in the video game industry and they are the majority people who just play games and enjoy them kind of a thing. So like, I, and I almost like, I don't want to say informed consumers because that has like kind of a negative. Um, it, it sounds really negative, but I just mean like people who aren't like kind of don't have their head up the games industry's ass. That's the majority of people who play video games and they need to win them over and the only way that they're going to do that is by fixing it like they just have to fix the game Mm -hmm. and i mean it's very possible that it might still be tainted for them but if they end up like fixing it it might bring a bunch of people back i think putting it out for free really just kind of would put salt in the wound because they'd be like so i paid money for this it's still broken and you're going to give it away to somebody else like what that's kind of fucked up so I, I think they just have to fix it. If they wanna if they wanna win anyone back, they have to fix these console ports. It's it's inevitable. I think we can completely agree on that. Alright. That I think is enough of uh dour Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven talk. Um I hope that at some point you and I can enjoy it in a better state. You ha- you're the one with the fancy PC, so you can enjoy it. Yeah, time. I can play whatever but, I want. To, I just like to. I don't care. I'm just gonna wait for it to go on sale. Yeah, <laughs> totally fine. So, here's the thing. Another big thing happened before Cyberpunk 2077 launched. Actually, I stand corrected. This happened on the exact same day or the day before Cyberpunk 2077 launched, and that is the Game Awards uh, 2020. Uh, since we are kind of getting a bit chunky on time here, I guess I would just like I to think- ask. How did you feel about the awards? And uh, did, you, did, did, did you get a thumbs up from every game that you wanted represented? I mean, or no? so I've, if you listen to IndiePod, you know that I have an issue with the way that game awards or like in, in general, 
um, are kind of like labeled. I don't like that they have an indie game category. That bothers me, mostly because I feel like a lot of people, when when they go to vote, I'm not talking about people who like the standard consumer that's voting and their vote is like 10%. It's like it's weighted 10% to a critic's 100%. Like I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like I have a problem with them having this indie game category because I feel like a lot of people who are voting instead of voting with what's like best at the time what is possibly like I I feel like I guess I'm I'm getting in a really weird way about this the easiest way to say it is I feel like they don't give indie games like they they often don't put them in the game of the year category because they're like it's like it might it doesn't live up to what they thought it was going to be like kind of a thing like they it doesn't match up to a triple a game and it has its own category so they're like we'll just put it there like honestly i don't know how like celeste didn't win last year i find that kind of crazy to be completely honest like i'm not hurt by it like i think sekiro is amazing like i totally get why people voted for it i get why it won but i think like celeste considering what it did i think I mean, not, I don't know. Did Celeste come out last year? I don't know. Maybe he did. I can't remember. Yeah, okay, Celeste was That's what I thought. I was like, I swear. Yeah, it, okay. I'm glad I remembered that correctly. But yeah, there's there's a lot of problems with the Game Awards. But so Josh and I, my IndiePod co-host, we did a live react to the Game Awards. Um, I liked a lot of the trailers that they put out. I'm a big Dragon Age fan and Mass Effect. We got more from both. Not necessarily anything substantial, but it was cool. Um, I liked that Hades was in so many categories. Having an indie game be in so many categories and win so many awards is really awesome. I thought that was amazing. Um, I really loved The Last of Us Part Two, so I was glad that it won Game of the Year. Like I thought it was, I thought it was going to win no matter what. So I, I didn't see Doom Eternal or Animal Crossing or even Hades like getting over it, kind of a thing. So um what did did you watch the game awards what did you think yeah i streamed uh the entire three or three and a half hours of it um really quickly though before i just get into my quick thing uh celeste was a 2018 release so i stand kind of corrected on that but 2019 uh the game awards 2019 was a much better show in my opinion it kind of felt like more of a reveal show i mean obviously we got the series x reveal there and this year whether it was the nature of the sort of distance of the show being that everything had to be social uh socially distanced and uh virtual it kind of felt a little uh it felt a little corporate to me and and by that i mean three major things right the fact that last of us 2 swept almost every category and games like final fantasy 7 were reduced to only getting best you know soundtrack um, the fact that games like Hades are included in the indie category. Now, I know what you're saying. Yeah, but Supergiant Games is indie. Yeah, I know. But at a certain point, I think we can all come to the fact that Hades is an indie, and we all know that. Indie, at a certain in a, at a certain point in entertainment, takes on a new point of vernacular. Supergiant Games isn't owned by a giant conglomerate or a company. However, when you think indie in a video game, term you think of games like inside limbo bastion and i would argue that um bastion meets more of the indie moniker than hades does a game that's installed on well over probably five million switches at this point right so i don't think the game awards as far as the game awards in 2020 are a show or an award show where you would go and find out about little baby game it's a game show where the biggest games get together and duke it out that admittedly feels a little bit more like a popularity contest than anything else but it's cool to see games being celebrated in that sense now was vin diesel in it hell yeah he was was he <laughs> was he hurtless for eight minutes or whatever on screen and and running away from t-rexes absolutely um did christopher nolan drop the game awards uh a big award yes he did does it feel corporate you tell me <laughs> so <laughs> you know what i mean so so i guess what i'm trying to say is i enjoyed it a lot less and i think uh i think 
you know, there's a lot of times where I felt like I was getting advertised. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, it was definitely, I mean, I feel like that's mostly what the Game Awards are. Like, let's be real, it's not actually about the awards. It's about the reveals. That's why we watch it. I guess I should say the Celeste comment, it was actually Celeste went up against God of War and Red Dead Redemption, so I totally understand why it might have lost. I was basically just trying to say that I feel like a lot of people vote for indie games to, like, they don't, nominate them in many other categories because they're like there's the indie games categories they're the games for impact there's the like um i forget the the one that's like oh it's debut game like that's the that's the other one where it's like it's typically dominated by indies because it's teams their first game kind of a thing that's basically all i'm saying about that but no yeah it's it's a hundred percent just like advertising new games or new products to people like i I think that's what it's meant to be. Honestly, I don't think it's actually like you might say that you think it's a celebration of games that came out during the year, but I don't think that at all, considering that 90% of it is dominated by game reveals, like first looks, like all of this different stuff. And then when it comes to, I mean, case in point, when it comes to the actual awards, they do like, they'll be like, here's an award, here's an award, here's an award, here's an award. They do like six in a row and they do it over like five minutes. And then the next 20 minutes is just first looks Mm. and advertisements for games. And then they do it again. They pop back, they do five minutes of rewards. And then it's, it's kind of ridiculous. It's, it's absolutely like it's meant to be a sales. It's like a sales tool, which I totally get. I don't, I don't have any problems with it. I, I don't really mind things sure. feeling corporate. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like I got the game reveals that I wanted, I guess. I mean, are you kind of like, are you bummed that we didn't see anything specific? Like we didn't see any like Elden Ring. We didn't see Breath of the Wild 2. We didn't see, um, I mean, we didn't see anything more from God of War Ragnarok, even though that's supposed to be coming out next year. Like, no i no it's the video game awards not the video game reveal so i can't be like i think anything that's revealed during the game awards is a cherry on top um i just like seeing recognition go towards smaller games and and also as one of my friends recently pointed out um very astutely i think if a game is poised to win game of the year i don't think it should sweep the awards i think i think with as much breadth of content and quality that we had especially in 2020 between Animal Crossing and Doom Eternal and Final Fantasy VII Remake, Sekiro, not Sekiro, sorry, Ghost of Ghost of Ghost of yeah, that one's Tsushima, hard to say. <laughs> the Last of Us, it is tough to say. I think that it would have been fair to, from a backstage perspective, you know, I think because they all knew that Last of Us was going to win, give a little more recognition and dole out the awards a little bit better. That all being said, though, it is a it's a fun three and a half yeah. hour, um, and. I, I look forward to it. Uh, I think while I'm watching it, maybe I was a little bit, you know, just kind of like, yeah, okay, it's Last of Us 2, fantastic. But I think I'll still tune in next year. And it's really nice that we got that It'd be, instead of, you know, E3 or something. And Jeff Keighley really kind of is balancing the entire video game industry on his shoulders. But only temporary, I suppose. It, it is the biggest show, but G4 is on the comeback and E3 will undoubtedly return in some format <laughs> as will playstation like, experience so hopefully e3 more... hopefully won't die <laughs> hopefully not oh my god i mean I, I know that the company that owns e3 is like on life support but either way uh no so i guess we're i guess so you it sounds like you had a little more fun with it than i had but i still liked it in the end so i think we're did think you we're watch it either alone way. did you watch it with like your wife who was it just you no, I watched it with another video game oh, buddy okay. um, who I've known for like 10 years. And generally, um, whenever like big, big awards happen, uh, big reveals, uh, we hop on the phone and just kind of watch it. Oh, okay. Together. I felt like that's what made this year so much fun was streaming it with Josh and goofing around with a lot of people from the, the IndiePod community yeah. and stuff. Like it was, it was really fun and dumb. And I liked kind of guessing what games were before they were i mean i guessed pretty much every game with the exception of i think it was um like scarlet nexus that was the one i didn't get like i i thought it was like i forget what i thought it was um but that one one of the parallax media writers was like oh it's scarlet nexus obviously because he 
host the in from japan podcast so he would know but yeah i i thought it was a lot of fun i mean i don't like the muppets i fucking hate the muppets i like i i don't (laughs) understand what everyone like everyone's deal is about the fucking muppets like i didn't like beaker last year and i didn't like swedish chef this year i was like get the fuck out of here dude i'm so sick of this shit and uh yeah it wasn't it, it was luckily it wasn't like it didn't like drag on yeah you know yeah it didn't so. go too long i i also i just don't want to be i just don't want to be like the super jaded fucking like video game yeah guy, you know what i mean like just boycotting all the games but it's like at a certain point you know yeah you know. <laughs> i wasn't i'm not i'm not like angry at any of the anything that happened during like the game awards i'm just really mad at cyberpunk 2077 i was looking forward to it anyway it's fine I think I cut you off though. I'm, no, I'm you're totally this. good. I don't. I don't even know where I was going. Typically, I start talking and just kind of figure out what I'm gonna say halfway through. So yeah, that's... how many hours of podcasting do you think you have under your belt at this point? Like 250 hours, 300? No, probably way more. Actually, I take yeah, that back. at least 130. Ep- at least so you've at least done 130 episodes, and you've done uh, a lot for your My Hero Academia rewatch podcast. And I, I yeah, I think you've probably probably coming up like four or five hundred hours of podcasting experience i just yeah i so i actually i've had several podcasts that i don't necessarily talk about all that much so like i did a podcast with my friend i know yeah called like you guys made me ink that we did for like i think it was like 18 episodes maybe i did no it was just a dumb fucking podcast the you guys made me ink thing is a joke um it's like a finding nemo joke but also like once when my friends and i were playing elder scrolls online we were fighting the bull netches and they look like they look like squids and they over the mic kept saying you guys made me ink and it pissed my girlfriend at the time off so much that she like left she's my (laughs) wife now by the way um so it became yeah, like a know, running congrats. joke. So we named a podcast after that. That went for like 18 episodes. I did the thick of it that went for like, I believe almost 20 episodes. Um, each, like every episode going over an hour. I'd done IndiePod for 113 episodes. I did Go Beyond for, I'm doing Go Beyond for like 35 more. I've done these with you. Like, yeah, it's a lot. I'm just trying to get to that, you know, like, yeah. I don't know, 10,000 hours or whatever trying to master the art of podcasting yeah. i guess takes a while to get there man but i would say master the art of way. rambling is actually what it is <laughs> you know what I'm, uh, mastering is is interesting but you know what else is what? interesting crazy hard video games Son 10 questions <laughs> crazy hard video game 10 questions the game is locked in and uh you are able to start guessing, Son my friend. Son of a nutsack. I thought you were, I yeah, thought I, I got I away with it. Yeah. I you normally do it in the beginning. No. So I was like, oh shit, he's going to forget. He's going to end it. It's going to be fine. And then, yeah, he nope. thought I got away. You never know what I'm going to do. It. Next time we record, it could be smack dab in the middle of a thought of yours. You could just be like, yeah, I think that Legend of Dragoon was a video game. Ten <laughs> questions. I'm starting Never to think know. that this is Legend of, Legend of Dragoon now, since you said that sp- so specifically. <laughs> no, 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 um, no, 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 no. Now, since here's the thing, I want I wanted to ask you really quick. I think that since it's ten questions, I think that it's only fair to give you a hint. Okay. In in the in the respective time and effort, I suppose. So it was. It, so I think you know that's the handicap, right? I'll give you. I'll give you one hint. And uh, this game came out originally on the 3DS. That's my hint, is that it came out on the 3DS? It's not a great hint, <laughs> but it is a hint. <laughs> okay. All right. Came out on the 3DS. That's that's an interesting one. Um, yeah. Shoot. Okay. I hate, like, I, the only thing that sucks about this is I feel like it, while I'm developing a thought, it's dead air or something. And I'm like, awesome. Yeah, but I cut that off. Oh, there you go. Time. Now I feel way less bad about it. All right, then I'm going to take my time thinking about this shit. It originally sure. came out. I'm now. My initial okay. thought is always, why did you pick this game? So it's always like, I'm like, why? Why? Like, I always think. You will never guess. 
why I picked this one because unless you were literally in the room with me, which I'm not ruling out, but <laughs> you don't know me, dude. Unless you're right here and my left eyeball, you would not know why I picked this game. And your left eyeball? Are you my left eyeball? I'm starting to think you yeah, have like. Oh, so I'm being weird. Unless you are literally my left eyeball, like you are my left eyeball. You would not know why I picked this game. I'm starting to think that you have like a toy or something like on your desk that's of this game. Like I'm, I'm trying Who's to get meta it? about this. I mean, I have a picture of your desk. Like I'll look at it. Um, you're like that would defeat the fun of the game. Uh, so I, you said okay. your hint was it originally came out on the 3ds. Did it come to other platforms then? Okay. Yes. So that was one of my questions. Originally came out on 3DS, came out on other platforms. I guess I should have actually used that question That's more question. for what platforms did it come to in a way. Um. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Uh, I guess I should probably, on pure technicality, it also came to the Wii. It came out on 3DS and Wii U? Yes. At the same time? At the same time. Oh, son of a bitch. I feel like this is not many games that that actually happened to. Um, shoot. Yeah, I would suppose, I would say that the list of games that simultaneously launched on 3DS and Wii U are short. That list is short. Uh, Shorter. Here's the thing, I don't want to look anything up, so I'm like... Ugh. Well, I mean, there's one up. that comes to mind, cheating. but I don't think that it would okay. be this because technically it's just like of a similar ilk. I don't think it's the exact same game. So, um, ah, well, you're one question in. Yeah, and it's so it came to the 3DS and Wii U simultaneously. Um, has it come to other platforms since? Okay, well, yeah, I guess that's absolutely like, Would you like a list of those. Platforms? I mean, I was going to say, I guess that's technically the question that I asked initially was like, has it come to other platforms? So, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if you want to count that as a question because I guess I, I kind of asked the same question twice. Um, you did. Are you offering mm -hmm. me a list of the platforms? Sure. Yeah. Give me a list of the platforms. Uh, OS X, Linux. PS3, PS4, Vita, Xbox One, Amazon Fire TV, and Nintendo. Like Amazon Fire TV. What the shit is that? <laughs> I know. I, I don't know. I know. I was just as thrown aback reading the list. <laughs> ah, that's such a like. I don't even know if it's a game I think now because in my head I was like I I had a vague emotions? idea. You know? Okay. Right. Um, <laughs> does it have pixel graphics? Yes. It does. It does have pixel graphics. I mean, graphics. are you going on the technicality that technically every game is pixel graphics because screens are made of pixels? No. Or... Okay. No, it's like, no, it's like 32. Okay, so I was like, <laughs> that's a, that'd be fucked All up right. if you did that to me. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be so mean, but I really, I guess the name is super hard video game tank question which means i should probably get like a genie about yeah it. like is this game did it launch on blah 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 and i was like it did launch <laughs> like i should get super technical about it but i won't i mean I it's already now. super hard because i only have freaking 10 questions i don't need this bullshit technicalities Eight. yeah oh. okay so it has it's come to other platforms it has pixel graphics um Would this be a game that I have talked about on IndiePod? I would imagine. You would imagine? <laughs> Meaning that it's an indie game, I, I guess that was a weird way to get around it, but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Although I don't know if... I mean, you definitely weren't doing the podcast when the game launched. Yeah, I have... Does the character have an amiibo? Yes. Oh shit, I think I know what game it is. I see the fire TV thing is throwing me off. 
but I'm almost 100% sure of what this game is. So now I'm just going to narrow it down a bit more before I guess. <laughs> I feel it. Um, so ah, I, I guess, see. how many I was see. that? Was that three, four questions? That was six questions. No, like, no, you have six left. Six questions? You asked. You asked. You asked. Okay. Um, okay, is the developer also a publisher? Uh, I'm gonna have to or I guess currently trying to be a publisher. <laughs> I don't know. Not a hundred percent certain. Are there? I guess the easy. Ah, oh, shoot! I was gonna say the easiest way to answer this question is to ask if there was a spinoff coming up, but that's not a good question to ask. Uh uh-uh. uh Um. Oh, wait, hold on. Uh, no, it, they didn't. No, I don't think they are. They aren't a publisher? They aren't trying to, like, publish anything? No. Hmm. Unless it happened. What I'm reading is worded weirdly. Okay. Like, did they do that? Ah, they are a publisher. Okay, there you go. <laughs> like, did they do that? They are a publisher. I mean, the Amiibo thing it's pretty much weird, like yes. narrows it down quite a bit. Um, so I guess I that. I so I have five questions left. Um, yeah. Does this main character sport an odd weapon? What, what do you consider? I consider odd, odd a shovel. <laughs> Is that that is what I consider odd? Ah, yes, <laughs> I. <do. laughs> I would say that maybe it is an odd weapon, if one should so choose to say that a shovel is an odd so weapon. I uh, and he does. If I was guess, to look at the picture maybe. of your desk, do you have a shovel knight amiibo on your desk, or something like vaguely relating to shovel knight near your desk? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nailed it. I okay. So yeah. it's sho- yeah, it's shovel well, knight. <laughs> shovel knight. Yeah. Uh, where did I? Where did I make this too easy? Um, where did I? I think by telling you where it launched, I really narrowed it. Down. Yeah. I mean, well, not necessarily. Maybe. I didn't know it came out on Fire TV yeah. either. But I, mean, I had I no idea about that. Um, I'm trying to think back of oh. where I got the shovel knight thing. Um, I think it was because I can't, okay. So you, I guess actually you did kind of like really narrow it down by saying that it came to both Wii U and to the 3DS because the only, like there are only a few games that I could remember and the initial game I thought it might be was Star Fox Zero, but Star Fox Zero didn't actually come out on 3DS. There was just a Star Fox game similar to it that came out on 3DS like around the same time. Well, it was like the it was the remake of 64. Yeah, it was something. I can't remember. I just like honestly, this is my GameStop days talking where I remember seeing the oh, cover of this Star Fox thing. But the one thing I like yeah. I was like, "Oh shit, Shovel Knight has." And when I asked if it came to other platforms, you said yes. I guess you really gave it away by listing the platforms because I was like, "I know what Shovel Knight has come to with the exception of Amazon TV cuz that just blew my and yeah. then the amiibo thing, that was just like a nail in the coffin because I was like, there are very few indie yeah. games that have gotten amiibos. And Shovel Knight is basically That's the true. only one. Like, I would, I don't know well, if many other indie games have actually gotten amiibos. I think, I, I think I've learned a very critical lesson here, and I think it's that maybe not to pick an indie Yeah, game. that's very possible. Maybe you should try to go... Out of my uh, realm of expertise. Yeah, I actually, I own all the Shovel Knight Amiibos. I I own the Shovel Knight, the Gold Shovel Knight, King Knight, Plague Knight, and Spectre Knight. I bought them all. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I made sure I bought them all. I was like, hell yeah. I even bought, so like I bought the gold one. It has the exact same functionality and looks the exact same as Shovel Knight, the original one, but he's just gold. Yeah, kind of like the Mega Man that launched with the 3DS yeah, exactly. collection. It's just yeah, it's, Mega Man. It's no the exact features. same. It's awesome. <laughs> and oh! <laughs> I would like to own more Amiibo. Uh, I've just been pouring a lot of my money into Sega Genesis games. Really? Of all things Sega yeah, Genesis games. 
yeah, I'm just trying to have all the good ones on the shelf. And we'll go from there. But yeah, so congratulations on Actually winning uh, for once. your victory. No, you won last time too. I forgot what the game was. I don't think won. I won last time. Um, I, I won Chrono Trigger, which I nope. think was the first. That was stupid. I literally told you like five minutes before that that's what I was playing. It was <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do a lot better next time. But I'm still going to give you a hint. It's just going to okay. be much harder. It's not going to be like super hard. It's not going to be like Shining Resonance Refrain or something. Like it'll be like, it won't be like an obscure like anime game. Or it's it going to be, be Scarlet yeah. Nexus. I'll never guess it. <laughs> I'll just be Perfect Dark. How about that reveal for Perfect Dark? That was, I mean, that was cool. I've never that been a Perfect cool. Dark fan. I so I was like, the trailer was cool, but I don't know what this means i mean yeah. back for blood though hell yeah the spiritual successor to left for dead Wee. josh and i were cool. like blown away by that, that shit cool. we were like hell yeah. i thought it was for sure left for dead 3 i was like um i when i saw turtle rock i was I like it. i this has to be some sort of asymmetric multiplayer game but it, i don't think it is i don't think sure. you can play as the monsters but i'll let you continue to go you take it away no you're good man um we are uh we're at over an hour it's a little longer than we usually go but um i want to thank you so much for your time today man um it was really it was cool i loved getting to record yeah i love you. it too i'm glad and i have a better internet connection so our latency isn't as bad so i can actually speak to oh. you in a normal cadence instead oh. of us taking turns is yes, that, what, that it is? Is what it is this does feel a lot more yeah. conversational yeah it's we're weird. not like 10 minutes I, I, behind each other <laughs> i just thought we had fallen in love at some point and now now we, we fell in love years ago dude you I, just didn't know it okay like this is just the uh, internet connection just made it more possible you know oh that's it warms my heart and i hope it warms all of you listeners hearts too um this has been episode 18 of eldar talk games uh we'll see you next time i don't know what the fuck that yeah exit i thought was. that was like a new Bye. exit i was like what's that <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. All right. Uh, bye. <laughs>